Welcome to Market Mentors, a podcast for the marketing leaders of today and tomorrow. I'm Fiona Jensen, a director and co-owner of Market Recruitment. For over a decade, I've been helping B2B marketeers find the best jobs with great companies. Together, we'll discover how marketing experts reach the top and learn from their experience. Ask career-related questions you can't get answers to elsewhere. Be tough, be challenged, be mentored. Want to know how to work better with sales? Do you want to adopt an inbound marketing approach? Then this episode will help you do just that as we interview Dan Tyre of $8 billion company HubSpot and co-author of the book, The Inbound Organization. Dan energetically shares lessons from his five past startup experiences and deep dives into the inbound marketing world of the flywheel, a customer-centric marketing approach. There's life lessons, fun stories, and a whole new language to get to grips with. So let's listen to the self-proclaimed luckiest man in the world who has 12 years experience helping other companies and marketers grow at scale. Right, I am super excited to introduce Dan Tyre of HubSpot fame. Um, Thank you ever so much for joining us today, Dan. For any crazy marketer out there who might not have come across yourself or HubSpot, please give us a summary and intro as to what they can expect to learn today. Uh, my name is Dan Tyre. I'm the luckiest guy in the universe. Uh, I have um, six years old. I reside in Arizona. Fiona, you ever been to Arizona in the uh, United States? I haven't, but if you're inviting me, I will come. I am, I am that, that much of a fan. I only stay uh, in Arizona about 30% of the time, but it's where the Grand Canyon is. We have Sedona. It's actually the fifth largest city in the United States, and I travel all over the world. Right? I've been married 29 years to my beautiful wife, Amy. Actually, about 90% of the smart things I say, I clipped from my beautiful wife, Amy. I, I just refocus. We're having breakfast the other day, and uh, I'm like, ooh, that's really smart. And I start writing it down. She turns to me. She goes, Dan, don't steal my content. <laughs> oh, baby, you know you live in an inbound family when your wife accuses you of stealing her content. All right, and <laughs> I got two great kids. Eli is 25. Sally just turned 21. He just won a national championship on the crew team. Right? Wow. In Delaware. I know. I know. She's 4'11, weighs like 89 pounds, and she's got Dan Tire energy. She's amazing. Right? And I know oh, a lot of people. Where she gets her energy from, Dan? I know. I know. I know. And um, over, I just celebrated my 12th year here at HubSpot. I have actually done five startups. Uh, I uh, graduated university in 1980. I sold books door to door in the United States to work my, through, uh, my way through college. I know that I sound like your grandfather, but. That's the only way I could get through. I love it. (laughs) And then uh, I started selling computers in uh, 1982 in Boston. And it was very interesting. Um, This company sold Apple computers to area businesses. And I did that for about a year. And my boss came to me, this guy, Roger Lund, and he said, Dan, I'm moving to a startup. I'm like, what's a startup? And he's like, it's a small company that's going to grow very quickly. And I'm like, all right, well, have a good time. He goes, no, 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 I want to bring you with me. I'm like, no, 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 I already got a job. He's like, I'll pay you $2,000 more. I'm like, I'm in, let's go, start up, let's go. So I uh, started with uh, Roger and Murray Dennis and uh, AJ McMillan as part of the startup team in Boston. 
company was about $3 million, and over the next nine, 10 years, it went to $1.4 billion US, and it IPO'd, and it was unbelievable hypergrowth, and I got addicted to growing companies very quickly. It was super fun, super impactful, and I had a great ride. VUSL was a symbol. It was awesome. Then uh, I started a company in my dining room, uh, an agency that um, like started with one marketer, right? And of course, 14 salespeople. That's the way we did it back then. Yeah. I know you're nodding, like shaking your head going, oh my goodness, not that mistake. And I grew that business to $5 million, <laughs> sold it to a Phoenix-based company. That's how I got to Arizona in 1997. The combined companies uh, grew to $25 million. So it's an agency with eight locations throughout North America, about 250 people, about $25 million. And it was awesome. My third startup went bankrupt. Oh. We were talking earlier today about failure. Uh, bankruptcy taught me business planning and humility, right? And it was a seminal component of my business experience. My fourth startup got bought out by Microsoft. And the vice president of sales, I know, I know. I told you, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Uh, my fourth startup uh, got bought out by Microsoft. The vice president of sales there was a gentleman by the name of Brian Halligan. When Microsoft bought Groove Networks, he went to MIT. I went to work for Microsoft for a year. And then uh, my fifth startup is HubSpot, worth about $8 billion, traded on the New York Stock Exchange. I've been here for 12 years. I just saw on LinkedIn, I've been at HubSpot for 12 years. I was the first salesperson at HubSpot, the first sales manager, the first sales director. I ran the international division, sales recruiting, um, education. I trained all of the people for the first two years. And uh, now I work in the HubSpot agency partner program, teaching our partners how to scale. So uh, lots of twists and turns. HubSpot is um, like uh, the crown jewel to my business career. Now I'm an angel investor. I've invested in about 35 companies. I speak 60 times a year. I just did um, a UK tour. I was in Manchester. I was in uh, Oxford. I was in London for 300 people. Uh, last year, I wrote a book called The Inbound Organization, which is super fun. Uh, I blog twice a month. I have a mentoring program where I work with uh, about um, 35 individuals ranging from teenagers in the Bronx all the way to $30 million uh, CEOs of $30 million companies. And I have a lot of fun. My mission statement is to do the most good that I can for the universe, which I clipped from my 25-year-old kid. When he dropped out of university, he's like, Dad, all I want to do is the most good I can for the universe. I'm like, okay, I'm stealing that line. That is awesome. And I love jumping on podcasts like this, Fiona. I love helping marketers work through their careers. It's a great time to be a marketer. Oh, my goodness. We'll talk a little bit about that. But um, in 2019, marketing is where all the activity is. Marketing is everything. Marketing is brand. It's lead generation. It's... Uh, like helping uh, build the customer base, it's engagement, it's awareness, um, like the web digital strategy, like marketing is everything. So you're seeing lots of uh, motivated marketers get promoted more quickly, take responsibility as CEOs, uh, super fun and exciting. Absolutely, I completely agree, and uh, I I love the whistle stop tour that we've just had of the Dan Tyre history and experience. And I'm so excited to be able to dig in and unpack some of that experience now to help those marketers, as you just said. So um, a lot of our audience, as you know, are within the SaaS space, and I'm sure they'd love to achieve success that HubSpot has had. 
So let's assume you were about to join a $10 million SaaS startup business as chief revenue officer with the remit of building a team and helping them scale. What kind of team would you build now with all that experience and knowledge under your belt already? Yeah, so the first thing is I'm a big believer in having co-founders, right? It's hard to be an entrepreneur, right? And there's some characteristics, some of the things that made HubSpot HubSpot is Darmesh and Brian, the founders, co-founders of HubSpot. Uh, they were smart. They were empathetic. They have no ego, right? Or they have a little ego, but it's very, very little, right? Uh, they're very community-minded. They're very uh, customer-first. Right. And they built a corporate culture that is second to none in the world. Right. Uh, the HubSpot culture, we have what's called a culture code. So there's a, it's the most downloaded slide share in the history of slide share, like 4 million downloads. Darmesh wrote it. It defines what we want in our culture. We lean into inclusion and uh, diversity, inclusion and belonging. Right. So it's very diverse. Right. We're one of 20% of companies that have three women on our board of directors. We have a person of color on our board of directors, which seems like, why doesn't everybody have that? I mean, you're trying to sell the women. You think you'd have women executives, women managers, women in your workforce, right? Not everybody does. But I'm like, it's 2019, uh, 2019, it's time to wake up, right? But HubSpot has been a leader in that. And um, it's super exciting to work with um, the HubSpotters all the time because um, the mission statement for HubSpot is to help you grow better help millions of marketers, millions of salespeople, millions of companies, millions of individuals to grow better. And I take that very, very seriously. If you're going into a $10 million company, right, there's a couple of motions that are uh, pretty important. The first is you, you probably have a defined sales motion, right? But you want to make sure that um, you can grow that quickly, that it's process oriented, Right, the first vice president of sales for HubSpot, a guy by the name of Mark Robert. Have you ever heard of Mark Robert? I have, yeah. He wrote a book called The Sales Acceleration Formula, and he teaches at Harvard Business School now. He was a, 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 a great vice president of sales because he wasn't a vice president of sales. He was an engineer, and he viewed um, like the sales process like a math problem, right? And he took us from zero to a hundred million dollars. And so uh, he talks about making sure that it's process oriented so that you can quickly move from the 10 million that you got to do this year to the 20 million you got to do the next year to the 40 million you got to do the next year, right? So you have to understand that sales process. Part of that is also aligning with marketing. So it's not, in 2019, it's not sales, it's not marketing, it's marketing. Say that, Fiona, say marketing. Marketing, I'm with you, Dan. That's awesome. I'm the first try, Fiona. I'm very, very impressed. I invented that term in 2007 with the CMO of HubSpot. His name is Mike Volpe. And we we're getting drunk at uh, the Cambridge Incubation Center, which is where our office was. And it was on the seventh floor. And I was drinking Sam Adams beer. Uh, it was cold because we're in the United States. And he was drinking scotch, right? And uh, we were just getting our first inbound leads. It was awesome. And uh, as a typical salesperson in 2007 spent all their time prospecting, like cold calling. And I cold call for HubSpot. Don't tell anybody. It's not like good. But I mean, cold calling is hard. You're calling up people with a script and saying, being a little pushy. And then Mike started delivering these inbound leads. And I'm like, Mike, this changes my life. This is unbelievable. 
He's going, yeah, I know, Dan, that's what our software does. It helps you generate leads. I'm going, no, 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 but you don't understand. This has a bigger impact on sales than it does on marketing. I go, I need more of these leads for my team. He's like, I know, but I don't have any headcount. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any headcount? I'm like, I, I only have two people in my department. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to give you sales headcount. He's like, what? I go, I'll give you sales headcount to hire a marketing person. He's like, stop. You will give me a salesperson who carries a quota for an exchange for a marketing person that does it. I go, it's not sales. It's not marketing. It's marketing, right? If I get those leads, I can have fewer salespeople that are more productive. And he's like, okay. It was also easy for me because it wasn't my headcount. It belonged to Mark Roberge, who was the vice president of sales. I was just half in the bag from my Sam Adams brewskis, right? But the, uh, the next day, Mark was interviewed by uh, Professor Thomas Steenberg from the Harvard Business School, and he wrote Schmarketing in this uh, um, um, a case study. It's called Webs 2.0, the HubSpot story, right? And uh, Mark says, no, 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 we call it Schmarketing. And the guy goes, that's funny. I'm like, no, 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 it's real, right? And over the last 12 years, it's become a real thing. Because think about it. Uh, salespeople do a lot of marketing. They do a lot of education. They do a lot of brand awareness. Uh, like marketing, do a lot of sales, right? They send out emails. They do um, eBooks. They educate. They do videos. And in the old days, there was this separation between sales and marketing. Today, it's all bushed together, right? And so, like, if you go into a $10 million company, you've got to make sure you've got those motions going so that you can build that process. That's the sales motion, so you know how to engage. It's the marketing motion, because guess what? In any SaaS company, you're gonna grow 100% per year. So you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you constantly have enough leads to follow up. And inbound, right, where the, the, the marketers understand inbound intuitively, right? Every marketer I ever met, they're like, okay, I get it, right? The sales guys are like, what? What do you mean? I, you mean I gotta help people? Why do I gotta help people? I wanna sell. And I'm like, no, 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 you can do whatever you want. It's always a choice. But if you help people, you will earn their business. If you be a pushy salesperson, right? In 2007, they just wouldn't buy from you. In 2019, they will never buy from you. And I've got all the data and the facts. The best thing about being Dan Tire is I was right. Right? In 2007, I listened to Darmesh, I listened to Brian, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I want to help people. And if you listen to Dan Tire in 2007, you dominate your business because you get all of the organic search. You're on um, social media. You're treating your prospects like people, right? You would mm. never spam somebody you knew. Would you spam your mama, Fiona? No, absolutely not. She'd exactly. keep my butt. She'd exactly. keep my butt. Right? But like lots of marketers do it. They do this stupid stuff. In 2014, it was bad. In 2019, it will kill your company. And I can prove it. I got all the data and the facts, right? The people who help, the people who treat people like human beings, the people that like help indiscriminately. That's why doing the most good for the universe is both my core like mission statement. It's also uh, consistent with the HubSpot mission statement of helping people grow better. So to get back to your question, number one, $10 million company, first thing, your sales process. The second thing is you want to make sure your marketing process is there. That's multi-level. First of all, you have to have a good brand, right? If you don't have a good brand, it's time for a rebrand right? Because you got one shot in 2019. And if you get a, uh, a reputation as a bad brand, okay, that's bad news. There's ways around it. And lots, millions of companies, maybe not millions, thousands of companies, tens of thousands of companies have rebranded with a different vision. But that's super important. 
because today it's all about the experience, right? No one cares about a product. I, I, if there's any product managers listening to this podcast, I hate to break it to you, but no one cares. The, the product features are mildly important. The user experience, super important, right? And there's gazillions of examples from Away Luggage to Tesla, the HubSpot, where you define yourself based on the experience that you have. That's like the new product development is the customer experience. And that's what Inbound is all about. So the third thing is you got to deliver quality products and services, right? And it doesn't matter if you can get the leads and you can sell them if you can't deliver and create delighted clients. And uh, we call that the flywheel. Have you ever heard of the flywheel? I have. Okay. I so found it in this great book called The Inbound Organization. Yes, which I wrote with Todd Hockenberry. Todd, great shout out. Todd is nothing like me. I'm all big energy. Todd is like logical and he's smart and he's kind and he's empathetic and he's a great writer. And I would be freaking out. I'd be yelling, oh, we got a deadline coming. Todd would be like, no, we'll get it done. We like, I spent more time with Todd in 2017 writing this book than I spent with my wife. We, we didn't have any arguments in like, like a whole year. And uh, we lecture all the time. We run these workshops where people hire us. They're like, we want to be an inbound organization. We did one in Washington, D.C. just last month. And we come in and we work with the senior executives and we understand where the, the, the potholes are. And then uh, we help take traditional marketing organizations, traditional sales organizations, and traditional companies over into being inbound organizations. Right. And it's a it's a paid workshop that we do. Sometimes we have public workshops that are free, but it's very, very uh, encouraging and it helps people move towards becoming mission driven businesses that will dominate their uh, workforce. Right. So um, delivering on your product, delivering on your service, super important with the flywheel is taking customers and making them great customers and making them advocates. I hate to break it to the salespeople who are listening. Do you think there's any salespeople listening to this podcast? Maybe, a few. Okay. If there are, we love salespeople, but you gotta be a schmarketing salespeople. You gotta have <laughs> high empathy, right? You can't be a pushy salespeople or no one will ever buy from you. The downside of being a salesperson, will lose a million sales jobs over the next two years. It's all gonna happen quick. If you're helping, you'll get the reputation of helping. You'll always have a job. If you're pushing, like we did in 2004, you'll be out of work, right? You gotta find a new career. You gotta be a cook or a baker or I don't know, plow the fields or something because you're not gonna make it as a salesperson. A salesperson helps, we call them shelpers. Sales plus helping is shelping. Say shelping, Fiona. Shelping. Very good. Don't have it down like you have It's a whole new language, Dan, I'm learning. (laughs) So you've gotta make sure you're delivering high quality service or product And uh, I talked to thousands of entrepreneurs. I'm on my way to Brazil tonight. I'm going to talk to all these people. And um, I'm going to say, do you have happy customers? And no one ever says, no, my customers hate me. They all say, yeah, I got happy customers. I go, prove it. And they're like, ooh, what does that mean? I'm like, what's your NPS? And they're like, ooh, what's NPS? And do you know NPS, Fiona? Net promoter score, Dan. And what is it? What is NPS? It's reviews done based on customer feedback from actual service or product delivery. That's right. So uh, the reason Dan Tires, Dan Tires, I have a program called the Lion Program here at HubSpot, where I work with uh, Professor David Winehouse, who's brilliant, by the way. Uh, I'm all big energy. He's like super thoughtful and a stale strategist. Our NPS is 91, 
right? That's off the chart, 91. So uh, it's not good enough for people to say you got a good program. I want to know what your NPS is. And so measuring and giving an analytic response of why you have happy customers is critical to any marketing program, right? If you don't have happy customers, everybody's going to know about it. In 2012, if uh, you were doing work for me or I didn't like your podcast, I would call your boss and say, I don't like Fiona's podcast. And your boss would call you into the uh, office and they'd say, Fiona, change the podcast. And you'd be like, okay, whatever. And you walk out. What happens now if I don't like your podcast? You'll write your review, Dan. Exactly. And then you're all Where over everyone can see it. I know. At the entire 68,000 people are like, oh, Fiona's <laughs> terrible, right? And, or it goes out on Instagram and, or on my LinkedIn. I'm like, I don't like this podcast. So we all work in a fishbowl. That's why marketing is everything right? Your brand is super important. All of that kind of stuff is critically important as it relates to the engagement of your client. So first of all, you have to get the leads. That's the marketing motion and process. The next thing you have to have a uh, inbound way of engaging. And third of all, you've got to make sure that you have a, a delivery mechanism. And then the fourth part is the scale, right? So you've got to be very, very careful. You now see companies in the United States and in the UK who don't quite grow quite as quickly as they did before. In the old days, you took a bunch of venture capital and you grew like crazy, right? Today, you take a little less money and you grow organically so that you don't like burn out your customer, so that you're able to provide better customer satisfaction. The statistics, by the way, a huge shout out to Mimi Ann. She is a researcher here at HubSpot. She runs HubSpot Research. And she's what makes me sound so smart. All of these stats, that I drop like I invented them. I didn't invent any of them. I read HubSpot research. She said in 2014, the average company had seven competitors in 2014. What do you think it is in 2018, the last year we have statistics? 27? 44, right? <gasps> no way. That doesn't surprise you. It's Startup Nation, right? In the UK, you guys are small. <laughs> starting up companies. The reason why you're in business is all these SaaS companies go, I need more people. I need good marketers. I need a marketer that understands how to scale, right? If you have those skills, guess what? You have lifetime employment. You've got to make sure that you're kind of uh, doing your demand gen, your branding, that you're uh, working with your marketing, that your collateral is there, your digital process, all of that. But now marketing expands to your flywheel, which means your client engagement. HubSpot has people in our marketing department that are focused just on our clients. Why wouldn't you do client marketing? I mean, it's, they're the most important people that you have. They're giving you money every single month. You might as well market to them in ways where you understand their personas, you understand what they really want, and then you make them delighted customers, right? And we watch our NPS at HubSpot all the time, right? We want to be very, very clear that it's customer first that um, we provide free software so we can help everybody. But we also want to make sure that our customers are satisfied and continue to be satisfied so that we can grow our ecosystem. The last thing is the culture, right? And this is a big pothole, right? HubSpot has leaned into culture because as you hit 3,000 employees, your single biggest leverage point is hiring additional people that are creative to the message, right? So, uh, HubSpot now is 65 full-time recruiters, which I just learned this week uh, talking to my friend, um, Alicia Zhang. And um, like in the old generations, when you got to your 3,000 employees, the quality of the person would decline. 
It's the exact opposite of HubSpot. I don't know if I could get into HubSpot if I applied to HubSpot today. The bar is so high because we <laughs> want to make sure that it's a diversity, inclusion, belonging, and A players. I was talking to this uh, new um, this new HubSpotter today, Patrick Rogan. I'm going, what makes HubSpot so great? He's going, it's the people. Oh my goodness, the people are awesome, right? And by definition, our partners, which are core to our go-to marketing, and then by definition, our customers, we call that the ecosystem, right? So the whole idea of uh, what a marketer would do when they go into a $10 million a company is first of all, define the mission, right? And become a mission-driven organization. Second of all, make sure that you have the lead process, you have the sales process, you have the delivery process, you've got your flywheel. That's like five jobs right there, right? That's like impossible, but welcome to marketing in 2019. <laughs> Very good. I love it. And on that, um, with regards to the uh, culture and the quality and, and the caliber of the people, I think I spot, spotted looking through your LinkedIn profile about how to be your own best cheerleader without ruffling other people's pom-poms. I absolutely love that. Uh, that's uh, Dan Sally. Is it? Yeah, Dan, I'm right. Dan Sally. Do you know Dan Sally? No, I don't know. He's the funniest Dan at HubSpot. I'm the second funniest Dan at HubSpot. <laughs> Uh, lots of the jokes that I tell, Dan actually wrote, and uh, he used to do stand-up comedy. And uh, making people laugh, I've always found is a very effective way, right, to get a message across, right? And I'm a goofball, right? I'm like, I got gray hair, I'm 60 years old, but I'm like a nine-year-old, right? <laughs> I, I like making people laugh. All the jokes that I tell you, right, I've told it like a million times. Right. And uh, it just breaks down barriers. Right. Even in like different cultures. Right. I always want to be respectful. I want to be professional. But if I can make you smile, if I can make you laugh. That's where the whole marketing thing came out. Right. I was just being a goofball. Right. And now it's like a real thing. Right. And uh, like lecturing at Harvard Business School and going all over the world, talking about the power of marketing. I keynote all these events. I'm going to Brazil, which will be awesome. And everybody wants to hear how we did it. Right. And the, the message is the same. Right. You start with good people. You become a mission driven organization. You focus on a specific niche. Now, this is different in 2019 than it was in 2007. Right. You have the riches are in the niches. Have you ever heard that, Fiona? I have. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure where I've heard it from, but yeah. <laughs> a million people said that on the Internet. I'm not the first person to say it. Everybody says that's funny, Tyre. Right. But I didn't invent that. Somebody else did. And uh, it's true. Right. In 2019, generalists don't usually win the business. In 2017, generalists could do it. 2019, everybody, if you got a stomachache, you don't want a general practitioner. You want a gastroenterologist. I don't even know <laughs> what that is, but it's like somebody who looks at your stomach and says, here, take this. The time to value is very, very quick. And that's different than we've had in the past. Right. So understanding and being effective in the way in which we engage, right? I tell all of these companies, all right, pick a beachhead, right? You'll grow quicker because you'll understand and provide, uh, by definition, better service, right? You'll be known as the company that works in London with SaaS-based FinTech startups, right? All of these like FinTech, Agritech, all of these subdivisions, right? They have their own vocabulary. They have their own ecosystems. They have their own goals. And if you like specialize in one, then you're the recruiting agency that just works at FinTech in London and you get all of these wormles. You know what wormles are? No, what's a wormel? Oh, that is new to me, Dan. <laughs> all right. I knew we would have at least one epiphany in this uh, <laughs> uh, 
Word of mouth leads. Oh. Right? I know. I'm like, you need more wormel. And everybody says, <laughs> the they're like, what's wormel? I go, wormel. Then I let them pause there. So they're thinking, wormel, wormel. That's just dopey. And then they go, oh, <laughs> word of mouth leads. Right? And don't you want more word of mouth leads? Totally. Why? Who doesn't? They're the best. They I know. are. Why are they the best though? Well, um, someone's done all the hard work for you. I the know. expectation's I... been set. Boom. And I go, no, 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 Fiona, we got to do business. And, and you're like, well, Dan, we have to do an exploratory call. I'm like, no, 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 no. Right? <laughs> Hogan told me that I should call you. She's done all her due diligence. I trust Emma. I'm not that price sensitive. Let's just go. I need this problem. So welcome to 2019, right? Word of math leads are the outcome of the flywheel. And that's why marketers need to be aware of that, focused on that, and um, facilitating turning customers into delighted customers. I'll tell you this. This is a little controversial. I clipped this from Brian Halligan, the CEO of HubSpot. He's like, no, no, no. Your customers are more important than your sales team. And I'm like, I don't know if I can say that. He goes, okay, it's true. And then I did the research. Actually, Mamie Ann did the research, and I clipped it. She's right. If you don't have happy customers in 2019, you're not going to get out of the chute. You can't scale because now with 44 competitors, everybody just feels like, hey, it's table stakes. It's not so much the product, right? I am a poker player. Never play poker with me, Fiona, right? I'll like own your car by the end of the night. And uh, there's like 44 apps on my iPhone that offer free poker, right? And I do Zynga poker because they got in early and it works, right? But if Zynga poker doesn't work one time, right? I'm done. I'll go over to WPT or whatever it is, and I'll just play another poker game, right? This is the business that we do in, in 2019. So with so many competitors, you've constantly got to create customer delight. And you've constantly got to make sure that um, there is, um, that you're delighting your customers and more and more people are talking about it to build that ecosystem. Perfect. Really valid points. Thanks, Dan. So being on the sales side, what do you think B2B marketers in the SaaS space do to help sales teams? And what challenges have you found in your experience working with marketers? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I'm blessed because at HubSpot, we have the best marketers in the world. Rachel Lice, Kip Bodner, John Dick. Uh, like, uh, and the, even the people, one of the greatest thing about HubSpot is when you leave HubSpot, we still celebrate you. So Rebecca Corliss and Ellie Merman, uh, Pamela Vaughn, who's still here. It's great. Emma Brudner, all these people, they were awesome in teaching me the appropriate way to engage professionally. Remember, I was a pushy salesperson until I started HubSpot. And they're like, no, 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 tire. You've got to be helpful. Right. And um, marketing tends to be women and women are more empathetic than men. Men want to conquer things. It's all this warrior imagery. I want to kill the competition. I want to crush this deal, right? Women are like, I want to feed the whole village, right? We got to take care of this kid. Women are just better at life than men, right? And in 2019... <laughs> Can I quote I, you on that forevermore, Dan? That is one of my best <laughs> quotes. Women are better at life than men because guess what? They are, right? They uh, understand... It's just the way you're wired. They understand and want to help everybody. And guys are very myopically focused on me. It's all about me. And it's not all about you, right? It's all about like the village. And it does take a village, right? So what these marketers have told me is that it's a combination and that you have to help people. I wrote a famous blog article called Always Be Closing is Dead, How to Always Be Helping. Based on my experience 
of shared sales and marketing kind of thing. So the first thing that I would say to a salesperson walking into um, a $10 million SaaS company is go bear hug your marketer. The first thing I would tell a marketer is go over and talk to the sales team, right? Don't talk ask to them. So you, cuddle them. Uh, you can cuddle them if you want, right? <laughs> Just make sure it's professional, but say we've got to work together. You want to meet on a regular basis. You want to understand how you need to understand what their quota is. If a marketer understands what the overall company quota is and the ultimate sales quota, it becomes much, much easier because then it uh, there's they're working together, right? And then there's a shared goals. You have to have a common vocabulary about leads, about MQLs, marketing qualified leads, about sales qualified leads. And if you have that, it becomes a lot easier for you to talk about how you're solving, right? Marketers now have a quota, not only for um, like lead generation, but also a revenue quota. And if you're using HubSpot, you should be able to say, all right, we gave our marketing organization $1.2 million of, rev uh, of funding last year. They turned it into $4.6 million worth of revenue, right? And uh, I sit on five boards of directors when I see the sales guy coming in and I'm like, all right, you hired three new salespeople. What was the output? He can show me, right? When I say the same thing to marketers, if they're running HubSpot there, I'm like, wow, okay, you need more budget. What can I do? Mm -hmm. And lots of times people look at um, marketing, not as an investment, because it takes a little longer, right? Sales, you hire three salespeople and they're producing in like six months. Marketing, it's programs, it's multi-year, it's process. But if you're using HubSpot, you'll see the correlation. You'll see the, the responses that you get when you publish a piece of content and how it scales, right? So the marketers need to go over and say, all right, we're in this together. I know the quota is 10 million going up to 15 million next year. And the salesperson is thinking, oh man, what's coming next? And then the marketer is gonna say, so would it be okay if I took a little bit of your quota for 2019 and 2020? Salesperson will be like, what? What? What do you mean? Take my quota. You go, I want to help you overachieve and make more money. You down with that? And they're like, yeah. And I, you say, I know your quota is a million and a half. I think I can do about two hundred to $300,000 of your quota if you'll give me a little help. And they're like, yeah, what do I need to do? And what they need to do is they need to help create content. What they need to do is push the content through social media. What they need to do, salespeople, as soon as you say the word blog, right? Their eyes glaze over and they're like, oh my goodness. As soon as you say the word, talk, exactly. Very good demonstration, Fiona. As soon as you say the word talk, salespeople are like, I'll talk forever. There was this woman, Leslie Yee at HubSpot, right? She's a five-year HubSpotter. She's a delightful human being, super smart. She had no experience in sales and she got hired to write for the sales blog. So she sent out this email, says, I need help. You ever need Dan Tyer's attention? You say, I need help in your subject line. And I'm like, all right, Leslie, what can I help you with? She goes, I know nothing about sales and I have to write all these blog articles. I'm like, okay, I'm in. She goes, what do you mean you're in? I'm like, let's meet once a week. You ask the question, you archive it, you write the article. And all I had to do is talk, right? Leslie and I wrote a hundred blog articles, right? I didn't write them. She wrote the whole thing, right? She would take, and then she would stop and she'd say, okay, I don't understand this. What is closing a sale? What do you mean when you're digging into research? How do you do this kind of stuff? All I had to do, she goes, what do you say? And we produced all these great blog articles that um, several of them are top producers for HubSpot. And she learned all that process. She wrote all the things. She was great at headlines. Sometimes she'd use a little clickbait, but it was good. And pictures, 
right? And you'll see all of the great Dan Tyer blog articles have great pictures, right? Because that's all of Leslie. And as she was a super smart marketer who would cycle in and say, all right, we would have uh, hour-long meetings in seven minutes. She's the only human being on the planet that talks quicker than I do. And she'd say, all right, tired, just talk, right? And then, boom, I just talk. And then after seven minutes, she'd look up. She goes, I've got enough. She'd come back. She'd write it out. I'd review it in five minutes. And then, boom, we'd have great content. From a salesperson, when I send some, if you're a prospect for me, I send you a blog article. And they're like, wow, you wrote this blog article. I'm like, yes, I did. And it was really <laughs> wrote it but they're like wow you must be a thought leader which is kind of <laughs> an interesting kind of thing but i have hundreds of blog articles that were driven by the sales and marketing alignment driven by leslie's ability to sit listen write and, and now she does it for the hubspot executives the executive communications which is super cool and that's the essence of scaling at the time a 10 million dollar uh, SaaS company to where we are today Fantastic. Really good example. Thanks. Um, so how has marketing changed since you started in your career? Yeah. So in the old days, I know I'm going to sound like your grandfather, but marketing was always in the doghouse, right? They never had enough budget. There were always two marketers and 45 salespeople. And they were always in the doghouse because they were a built-in excuse. Marketing was always women. Uh, most cases, the sales team was guys. And you, marketing was overmatched. Marketing did the brand awareness, they created the leads, and the salesperson would come out and they would take the lead, they would call the lead, they would qualify the lead, right? I would get on the phone and I'd say, Fiona, are you ready to buy this month? And back then, you didn't have a choice. It really kind of ticked you off. In fact, I saw the little hairs go up on the back of your neck when I said that, right? I would say, I would qualify you on the connect call. Anybody who qualifies on the connect call today, right, they don't, they, 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 they'll never get the business. Right. And then I would say, right, uh, uh, you need a product demo, which, by the way, in 2019, no one cares about your product demo. Right. And then I would answer objections that I would bring into the closing sequence. So I would do 95% of the sales process. Marketing would only do 5%. And if I was doing great, yes, I was Caesar carried around on a little fringed pillow. Everybody was super excited. Tire is great. And if I was doing bad, I'd blame the leads. I'm like, the marketing organization has given me terrible leads. And then they would get fired, right? So I got all the glory. I got all the money. When you wanted to scale a business, you hired Dan Tire. And I'd get on a soapbox. I hire field salespeople. I never add anybody to marketing, right? Poor marketing people work tirelessly to do all this kind of stuff. Today, you want to scale a business? The third person you hire is a marketer, right? I, uh, uh, we have this program at HubSpot called HubSpot for Startups. Right, we've been doing it for eight years. Uh, Kim Walsh is the mighty uh, VP who runs that organization. Incredibly impactful. I actually helped start the program uh, back in, I think it was 2010, but she's taken it to a whole new uh, life. And uh, you have your like proof of concept. The next person you hire, the third person is a customer support person to make sure you have happy customers. The fourth person you hire isn't a salesperson, it's a marketing person. Because if you can bring the leads to the website, right? You'll be able to get more business. If you can't bring the leads to the website, your pooch, forget about it. Close it down. It's never going to work. And I can prove it. That's all the HubSpot for, subs, uh, uh, HubSpot for startups success stories that we have all over the website. So in the old days, marketing was like um, zero. It was just hard, right? Today, it's the best. If you invest in marketing, if you invest in your skills, right? It's the best time ever to be a marketer. 
when I uh, am on stage, I'm going to say this in um, Sao Paulo, Brazil on Friday. If you have more than 10 salespeople in your sales organization, if you're a CEO, go back to the office, pay your two least performing salespeople, fire them, give all the money to marketing. Right? And people, the marketing people stand up and clap. Like the, the, the salespeople are like, holy, oh, the CEO's going, I'm going, they're not going to make it anyway. They don't even know their quota. They're wasting time. You just did that because that's what you did in 1997. It's just dopey. I go, marketers, if you're not practicing inbound, right, then you should. Because do you happen to know, Fiona, the uh, average atrophy of your database on an um, annual basis? No, I'm not sure on that. <laughs> so your database of contacts atrophies between 24 and 27% per year. So uh, unfortunately, people die. Sometimes they move businesses. Sometimes you're just not interested in the subject anymore. So if you're not constantly bringing in leads or you don't have a million leads, right? Even if you have a million, you're going to be out of business in four years unless you're constantly replenishing. So mm -hmm. I say to marketers, if you're not practicing inbound, quit. Go to some place that are got that lead generation machine going. And then I say salespeople, you're not getting inbound leads in 2019, right? Where are you getting your leads from? You guys should quit and go to a place that's getting inbound leads. I'm telling you, it is completely different. You ask any HubSpot salesperson what it's like to pick up the phone and call people, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know HubSpot. Oh, yeah, I was just on your website. And they're like, really? Yeah, what were you looking for help with? Which is a famous line that was invented by um, Catherine Acton Durham, a great 10-year HubSpotter who's active in our uh, partner program, who she just asked that question one day. I'm going, that is brilliant. What were you looking for help with? I, I was crying like a French chef cutting onions as soon as I heard it. It was amazing, right? And that's like, that's business today, right? A, a few fewer salespeople, a few more marketers, because if marketers can bring the MQLs, the leads, and the SQLs, then you'll get all the business. What's the most valuable marketing skill you can have? Uh, this is an interesting one. I think it's empathy. Mm. Right. If you don't have that's why women are so good at understanding the process. Right. I really need to understand where you are at every stage of the process. And as soon as I'm non-authentic and as soon as I forget, you don't know everything I do. Right. That's why women make great salespeople. That's why we go out um, and uh, try to recruit people. It's one of the five characteristics that are super important in uh, companies I invest in. I want to make sure that they're good companies doing the right things in the universe. And empathy is, uh, I think it's a, a very important characteristic. Perfect. How do you convince someone that inbound is the right thing to do if, they're, if it's a bit too marketing yeah, for them? It's hard. So first of all, um, come bearing gifts, right? So uh, there's gifts like HubSpot Research, like HubSpot Free CRM, right? There is tons of blog kind of things. And remember, uh, Aberdeen, Forrester, Gartner all say combined sales and marketing uh, typically um, results in a quicker and a better revenue growth. So I have all the data and the facts, right? And then um, you've got to start doing outbound in an inboundy way. Don't cold call, warm call, right? And then you can get the book, The Inbound Organization, right? This is uh, what I've learned at HubSpot over the last 10 years. Brian Hagen, the CEO, wrote the um, foreword. John Kelleher, our chief legal counsel, has got a whole chapter. Professor Winehouse has a chapter. Uh, J.D. Uh, Sherman, the CEO uh, of HubSpot, Katie Burke, right? Rachel Leist is in there, uh, Tamara Lillian, all these great uh, HubSpotters. 
about how we scale the business from a management organization learning and development perspective. Perfect. I loved the book, by the way, Dan. I'm a huge fan of that. It's doing great. For some reason, we sold more in 2019 than when the book came out in 2018. The publisher, Wiley, who's a great publisher, they called us and said, what are you doing? How come you're selling so many books in 2019? I'm like, I don't know. And Todd, who's brilliant, Todd Ockenberry, the co-author, he's like, Dan, it's going to be a slow build. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, well, we're not going to be a bestseller out of the gate. I go, that's wrong. We're going to be a best. And of course, Todd was right. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in marketing stroke business and how did it come about? Uh, so I learned a lot of lessons, right? I do a lot of stuff. I'm the luckiest guy in the world because I do a ton of stuff. I still work 12 hours a day. I essentially work seven days a week. I like to do stuff. It's not really work. It's not like I'm lifting 100-pound bags of flour. I'm like a teenage girl. I just talk on the phone all day, right? And it's super fun to be me because people like you want to listen to me, right? Every day, all day. I would tune the Dan show, I promise you. People like the big energy, right? I could come up here on this podcast and like throw up and you'd still say, oh, yeah, that's okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. That's a bad example, but... It's uh, super fun to like engage. I like people who do things, don't talk about. So my only business advice, if you decide you want to do something, write it down. Don't just talk about it. Write it down. The way we solve problems in 2019 was you start with the goals and work backwards, right? So you have to define the goal, right? I've been working with lots of people. They go, I'm stuck. I'm like, that's great. You're Fiona Jensen. You're the only Fiona Jensen I know. There might be other ones there, but you're the best Fiona Jensen that I know. You can do anything, right? My job is to inspire you. You have to figure out what you want to do. Then you got to write it down. And guess what? You're going to come into roadblocks and it's going to be hard, but you did the hardest thing in like marketing. You got on my calendar, right? And you just, how did you do it? How did you get on my calendar? <laughs> it's like stalking mentality, I think. And, and no, uh, you you just did the right thing. You didn't think, oh, I'd like to have Dan as a guest. I don't know if he's too busy. You just like send me an email and say, will you help me out? Right? And I'm like, sure. And then we had to reschedule because of my schedule. But then, boom, here we are. Having a great time. And I'm glad I did it. Right? Because anybody can do anything. Right? No one can make you feel bad unless you let them. No one can keep you from doing what Fiona Jensen wants to do. So now go out, figure out what you want to do, write it down. And then if you need help, ask for help. Brilliant. That's lovely advice. Um, what's the best career advice you've ever been given or found for yourself? Yeah, you know, I've been fired about four times. I've been fired at HubSpot. I got to tell the story at a business class. <laughs> but it doesn't always work out. Just keep going, right? Just keep going. The, the secret to Dan Tire's success is uh, I've fallen into every friggin' pothole in the history of business. I've had companies that have gone bankrupt. I've done stupid stuff. I've like uh, had horrible business models. It doesn't matter right? I'm really good at not wallowing in pity because I know I'm not the brightest bulb in the shed. I know that no one is going to outwork me ever, right? And I delight in that competitive advantage. Perfect. What's the worst advice you've heard and why? The worst advice I've ever heard. I think it's, uh, you've got to do this and you don't have to do anything, right? You trust your gut, right? You like uh, be in tune with what you want. And you do what you want to do, right? I'm a big believer in, I stole this from my wife as well, right? There's this thing called the vagus nerve that goes from your belly to your brain. It's your caveman brain. And when they say, trust your gut, that's because you kind of like have more brain cells in your belly than you do in your brain, 
right? So that's your fight or flight. What do you do? And you learn to understand that that's important and trust me. All right, I got one more minute. I got to jump on another webcast. Fine, okay. Um, let's do what passing words of wisdom or advice would you share with our audience? It's a great time to be a marketer. Super fun and impactful, right? The marketers that can generate the leads and the revenue is going to get all the business. You will have lifetime employment, right? If you don't know how to do it, just learn, right? HubSpot offers 84 hours of HubSpot Academy kind of things. We teach you for free, right? And just keep going. If I can be of service, just ping me, dtiredhubspot.com. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to help to the extent of my bandwidth. I'm all in to help uh, marketers grow better. Fantastic. Thank you ever so much for your time. It's been a fantastic episode, Dan. You're the best. Thanks, Fiona. If we got to do part two, just let me know. So there you have it. Career advice from a real marketing expert and leader in the field. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please leave us a review in iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback.